We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. And welcome in, welcome in. It is Tuesday night, the 24th of 2023, gosh, January. We've already a, a month past Christmas. God, how time flies. Uh, I, Tuesday night, Building the Broncos. I am Nick Kendall, joined by, as always, Carl Dummler. Carl, how you doing, man? That beard is looking excellent. I almost need to send pictures of this to Manscaped because... They need to they need to get down in this action. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's gotten pretty fluffy here lately. And I'm I'm probably gonna have to trim it up this week because it's getting where food's getting trapped and water mm. and you know, I had to scoop a bunch of snow. We got like ten to twelve inches this last oh. weekend. And uh all that moisture getting trapped in the beard and having yeah. little icicles hanging off, you know, it, it looks real good. And, I bet. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, Manscaped, if you want to help me get this all trimmed up, I wouldn't mind that one bit. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's always good to be here on a, another Tuesday. I was hoping, man, I announced last week, I thought this would be the day the Broncos would announce their next head coach. And so now I'm just going to say next, well, I'm not going to be here next Tuesday. So kind of stinks that way. But, um, but yeah, hopefully soon we can get some better information what's going on. It seems like today everything was going crazy yeah. when it came to Broncos head coach search. One minute is looking like it's going to be this guy the next moment you're kind of going oh now we're pivoting this way and i it was, it was kind of hard to keep up with today <sighs> you just gotta live on twitter that's uh, essentially what i do i live there uh, me and elon have a house together you know hanging out but uh we got the uh gotta say hello to some people coming in here here we got andrew nelson saying o-l-o-l-o-l andrew i don't disagree with you maybe toss in a defensive line in there once as well but uh, absolutely something to talk about we got dylan von arks our guy coming in talking about the topic of the show here uh saquon barkley we have plenty to talk about today we'll try to keep it in an hour but uh you never know um says uh he has saquon has had three thousand yard season which isn't a measure of how good a running back is not wanting him in denver is fine but then his talent is questionable yeah he's extremely talented i got to see saquon barkley live uh when he came to iowa and played iowa at a night game and it would have been god 2017 and it was probably the single best performance i've ever seen live in my life uh it was unbelievable he didn't break up any he didn't have any like 30 yard runs or anything but every single one he had to like make three guys miss and it was like 10 yards every time he touched it, it was insane uh, but 
we'll get into that a little bit. We got facts on the OL. Uh, we got our guy Alessandro coming in here saying, hello, everyone. Wish Sean Payton would hurry up and sign in starting to get really nervous. Yeah, sounds like it's a nervous time here for Broncos country. For those who really want Sean Payton, we got Andrew Nelson saying, howdy. Good to see you. Michaela Parker, the one and only saying, LOL. <laughs> we appreciate you, Michaela, coming. I'm not sure what it's about, but good to see you. Hope you're doing well. Uh, we have Joe Brewster coming in saying, wish SP would sign elsewhere so we can keep our picks and not mess up our future. So obviously talking about Sean Payton. What do you think about this? Uh, Sean Payton and the draft picks. Are you okay with the draft capital? I mean, we've talked about this a little bit, but the latest rumor was from Jeff Legwald on Sunday, I believe it was, saying the Broncos first in both of their thirds this year. I, I don't mind it. I mean, yeah. we love the draft, obviously, but draft picks are very overrated. You know, they're important. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that they're, they're worth nothing. But I know someone kind of put out there that Broncos could be passing on, you know, getting like a Quinn Miners because he was taken there in the third round if they're giving up this kind of third round pick. But it could be just as much a bunch of their third round picks that have completely busted and hardly played at all. I'm trying yeah. to remember, was Richard Quinn a sec? I think he was a second round pick. He was you know, one of the worst. Yeah. yeah. But you know, th there's plenty of others we can look at even re more recent for the Broncos. Yeah. You know, Isaac Yadam, Brendan Langley, Carlos Henderson, Lloyd Cushenberry. I mean, we can go on and on and on, unfortunately. Um, but that's, right. you know, the further you get from number one overall, the less likely you are to hit. Right. Um, yeah. Quinn Miners are a top head coach. It's not really a hard question on that one, but you know, good players uh, help make good coaches. No doubt about that. Uh, we got our guy Bradley Congress saying, yeah, his knee was shredded and may not be the same. So we'll have to see talking obviously about uh, Javante Williams. And we'll get, we'll get into that here in just a second. Still want to say hello to some more people coming in. Uh, we got Andrew Lampy coming in with a cute kid there with the stars. Also coming in saying, howdy, am I the only one who doesn't want the Hollywood types in leadership roles? Give me DM in my opinion, D'Amico, I believe is what DM is there. Uh, but uh, I don't think the Q is by the M. No, it's opposite end of the keyboard, literally. Um, so uh, DM, probably D'Amico Ryan's there. I'd be fine with him if the Broncos don't get Sean Payton, which it sounds like the whispers have turned into a low roar at this point about Sean Payton to Denver. Not likely happening. Uh, could be a negotiation tactic. We'll we'll see how it plays out. Um, there's always a chance until it doesn't happen. But I think that uh, D'Amico Ryan's would be great. I'd be fine with Dan Quinn. Be fine with... Uh, Shaw, David Shaw, I'd be fine with Jim Caldwell. Uh, I feel like I've completely slept on Raheem Morris. Doesn't seem like he's in the fold, but he he's an interesting candidate as well. I think they're, the Broncos yeah. got a good list together. Question is, do they get the guy that they want in this, or are they going to be picking you know second or third on their list? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm good with D'Amico Ryan's. I mean, you and I have talked about it, how much we really mm -hmm. like him. And, I mean, the work that he's done with that defense – He's got talent. Don't get me wrong. You don't have the number one defense in football if you don't have talent. But you also don't have the number one defense if you don't have good coaching. Mm -hmm. So he's done a great job getting them very disciplined. We saw this last week against the Cowboys. Looked very good. Had them very much rattled. A uh, couple turnovers that really turned that game. Yeah, You know, the offense wasn't quite clicking like they have been. And so you can see, I mean, that's why San Francisco, that's why they're in the final four because they're one of the most overall balanced teams. They can win in the run. They can win with pass. They can win with defense. It, it just, it's pretty impressive to, to get to watch them. And, and you can kind of hope that they, you can get that kind of environment here. Now, yeah. D'Amico, you talked about it a little bit. The coaching staff he surrounds himself with. 
I think that was probably one of the biggest mistakes the Broncos made with with Hackett, that they didn't interfere more on the coaching staff for a first-time head coach. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at his coordinators, every single one of them, first-time coordinator for that position. That should not be happening. Tobiko, if he if he gets hired, I'm hoping that they bring in somebody that has that head coaching experience. Uh, you know, Jim Caldwell would be a, a great name to bring in that you could – have him kind of mentor Tomiko Ryan through these first few years. Yeah. Um, even Shaw, he's got a lot of head coach experience. I know it's at the college game, but again, another guy that could could help out. You think of uh, on the 49er staff, uh, they got, um, uh, oh, what's his name? Lynn. Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn. Yeah. You know, I know didn't do the best job as a head coach, but Chargers. still can, can still bring enough. I mean, he was still 12 and four with them. Did a lot yeah. of good. I mean, Herbert set a lot of rookie records with him at the helm. So it's not like he was horrible. It's just for the talent that a lot of people thought he had, he wasn't quite living up to the hype, but we got Michael coming in saying, good morning, Nick and Carl on building the Broncos go Broncos. Uh, Good morning. If you're in a morning place right now, good evening. If you're in an evening place like me, he's in Albuquerque, New Mexico, but this that's uh, it's morning there all the time. People don't sleep, right? Michael, I hope you're doing well. Maybe he's working one of his, uh, Walmart shifts. I know he's out there working hard and uh, hope you're doing well, Michael. We appreciate you. We got Mark Ward coming in with his nice hog there. That picture saying Broncos need to worry about coach, not running back. Yeah. Uh, I sent this to Chad because I had a lot of comments this morning. The people were like, Oh my God, I'm so tired of this head coaching search and things keep flipping around and we rehashing things. So we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I figured I'd add a little bit of spice with some free agents here and the Broncos having the third best odds. Uh, if the, Okay, so it's from betonline underscore AG, uh, dot AG, uh, with the Broncos having the third best odds outside of the New York Giants uh, for where Barkley could end up this year. The Ravens at plus 400, Bills at plus 425, Broncos at plus 500. So that's why we're talking about it. Uh, 
obviously would be interesting. We'll get into that just a second again. Paul, OGs, good to see you, Paul. Hope you're doing well. We always love to hear from you, Paul. We also got Michaela Parker in 1999. We always appreciate Michaela coming in. Hope you're doing well saying, what's up, fellas? Sorry I haven't been around. It's all good. Life happens. Uh, I have an insane mom and brother crashing my pad, slowly killing me. Well, God bless. Uh, good luck to you. That's uh, yeah. hopefully not overstaying their welcome too much, but uh, yeah, that's what family does, right? They're there to torture you. Uh, and a football note, I think Peyton is way too expensive. You definitely have a right to believe that. You could be talking draft capital. You, capital, you could be talking the power that you're giving up to him. That's an expense that you're giving up. Uh, or the contract that he's getting. I mean, all of that together, you could make that argument. Um, we'll see. that Maybe the Broncos will end up feeling the same way as you, Michaela. Uh, we don't, we're not working with all the facts. They obviously have much more uh, resources to put in that investigation and that work. So maybe they'll come to that conclusion as well. Yeah. You've seen a lot of teams who have kind of cooled on him a little bit these last mm -hmm. couple of days. And it makes one think maybe yeah. he is demanding a little bit too much. That's not about the contract, but yeah. maybe it is that power structure of an owner saying, I don't want to give that up. I don't, I don't want to give you contract abilities. Mm -hmm. That's my money that you're spending and putting out there. And you look at the saints and some of their cap situation that they found themselves in, you know, maybe an owner is like, I just, I really don't want to go down that kind of path again. And yeah. I, I don't know how much he really had a say in that with the saints, but still you got to kind of wonder how much, how much is too much for a head coach? You know, I we, we saw it with Mike Shanahan. I think the the downfall of Mike Shanahan here in Denver wasn't his head coach ability. It was when he took over those GM's responsibilities. Mm. I, I think it just became too much. Yeah. And he made a lot of really bad signings, and he tried to cover it up with great, great coaching, but it just wasn't quite enough. 100%. That's, uh, sometimes that happens. Uh, not everybody can be the general manager, head coach type and things catch up to you sometimes in that, in that respect. Clayton here on coming in saying evening Broncos country just became a grandpa last night. Can't wait to get back on the winning bandwagon. Well, congratulations to you and your family, Clayton. That's a, uh, that's awesome to hear. They say that being yeah. a grandparent's even more fun than being a parent. It's all the good times without any of the responsibility. So, uh, glad to hear that. Hope you're doing well. Hope everything went well for you on that end. And, uh, whoever in your family had the, uh, the child. So hope yeah. everyone's healthy and God bless, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. We got James Richard coming in here with the $5 super saying, what about Eric Bienemy, offensive coordinator of the chiefs come from CU buffs. I think he's earned it. There's, there's a lot of reasons that he hasn't gotten a job. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you realize you think of the fact that he's had a top three offense pretty much every single year that he's been there with the chiefs teams have interviewed him and they continue to say no. There's things going on there. I kind of heard rumors of when he came and interviewed with the Broncos, like he was not prepared at all. Didn't know the names of players. Didn't know the structure of the organization very well. Like you, you think you do a little bit of research before you show up into the building. And a lot of people just were really turned off at how little he took that serious in that moment. I think the enemy is, I mean, gosh, it's hearsay, right? But there is some baggage there. And I see James also mm -hmm. mentioned the baggage uh, later on. We all have baggage. Yeah, it's very true. Um, we do. Everybody has baggage and they're fighting their own fights. You're correct on that. Maybe it's a little bit too close given it happened at CU versus, you know, Denver there. Um, the proximity might be an issue. Uh, the other thing here is that I would love to see Eric Bieniemy go take the Mike Kafka route. Uh, Mike Kafka was quarterback coach there, off really up and, up and coming offensive mind when the Chiefs organization now he's the offensive coordinator and the offensive play caller for the uh, New York Giants for a year. And they obviously did a pretty darn good job uh, tutelage underneath Andy Reid and Brian Dayball. I would love to see Eric Bieniemy leave Kansas City, leave that nest, go somewhere where he's an offensive coordinator and actually the play caller, not where he's 
you know, attached to Patrick Mahomes, attached to Andy Reid, where the enemy is not calling plays. I want to see him elsewhere calling plays, and then I think you can really get an idea. Maybe I, I've said it on here. I think it's pretty stupid to be too one way or the other on the first time head coach thing. Um, every single cycle is its own, but I am a little bit skeptical, cautious of offensive coordinators that are not the play caller. I think that's yep. an important thing. And that maybe that's just too close to coming off the Hackett thing. Uh, but I'd love to see him go elsewhere and get a chance to call plays uh, yep. before putting him in the hot coaching candidate uh, circle. Yeah. We got Mac dog coming in here with the nine ninety nine super saying, if not Peyton, Ryan will do just right. And then he comes back again with another super chat saying, I kind of feel like Peyton is going back to Fox and the Broncos are waiting on Ryan. Ryan will bring that San Francisco D and find a good OC. We will be just fine. Ryan's. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Ryan's. Yeah. Yeah. I, people need to like correct their phones. Me too. Uh, because Ryan's automatically auto corrects to the apostrophe. S. It's like, no, it's D'Amico Ryan's and it's Mike <laughs> McDaniel. I know we kind of get it the other way around there sometimes, but uh, you know, the S is on the wrong one. Uh, but yeah, Mac talk. Thank you. Back to back uh, 999s. That's amazing. Uh, we appreciate the heck out of you for that. Hope you're doing well. And uh, thanks for coming in, Homer. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, um, I would be okay with Miko Ryans. I think you guys heard me early on. Um, Carl and I as well. He was one of my first, you know, upper tier candidates. I think maybe even our first list, I had him above Sean Payton. I knew he was at least three yep. uh, behind Harbaugh and Payton. So I'd be very interested in D'Amico Ryans. You mentioned it earlier. Uh, the staff that he brings in around him is going to be big. Nathaniel Hackett had one of the youngest, inexperienced staffs in football. It's not just the coordinator spots. It's the positional coaches. It's uh, they, they need to get some old heads in there if you're going to go the first-time head coach, only a four-year, five-year uh, coach in, fo- in the NFL in D'Amico Ryans. You need to get somebody like a Jim Caldwell, Anthony Lynn. Uh, hell, pick up the phone and call Gary Kubiak. I don't know. On the other side of the ball, I mean, D'Amico Ryans played – seven years underneath Gary Kubiak in Houston or something like that. So there's connections there and with the whole San Francisco tree as well. So you got to bring in some old heads as well. It can't just be Dom capers and it probably needs to be on the other side of the ball um, as well. And on, on the defensive side too, because he's be a first time head coach. So that's where I would go. Uh, Michaela coming in 49 99. Holy, that's amazing. Um, I, obviously you've gone insane uh, from your family <laughs> going into this show. No, we appreciate you so much saying uh, just because I've missed you guys. They have been here for three months. Ooh. Oh man. I love my parents. I love my sister. I love my wife's family as well. I mean, they're, they're all great. Yep. Three months is a long time. Three, three. Uh, I don't think I could do it. I don't think yep. I could do three unless they like absolutely had to, but there'd be some ground rules. So man, you're, you're a saint three months with your brother and your mother there. Uh huh. Yeah. Yes. That's, I, I'm with you there. You're, you're getting some sainthood there, Michaela. But uh, appreciate it so much for you tuning in here tonight. Yeah. We've missed you for sure. And uh, glad you could be here tonight. Yeah, 100%. And Anthony Bain coming in saying, y'all don't like Quinn. Quinn's fine. I think making him be the, uh, can- the equivalent candidate to that of a Jim Harbaugh or a, excuse me, um, Jim Harbaugh or Sean Payton when it was coming from connections to the Denver Broncos front office made me think that it was disingenuous uh, with Quinn being that caliber player and definitely made me be more a little bit turning my nose at him. He's a fine candidate. Uh, he seems like a great guy as well. So I'm hoping him the best. And if he ends up being the Broncos head coach, I think he will greatly improve the team and bring good energy. I mean, him and Russell Wilson having a uh, cliche off would be something that we should have pay-per-view for. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, he'd be a fine candidate. I, I like Quinn. 
I don't love Quinn. I don't know if I love any of these candidates. I maybe I do love D'Amico Ryan's, uh, but that might be just the the unknown there and trying to catch the rocket that is a young up and coming what some would call potential superstar head coach that has very much uh, Vrabel vibes in my opinion, but uh, mm-hmm. maybe even Mike Tomlin vibes. Um, but uh, I like Quinn. I don't love Quinn. Right. So let me ask you a question here, since we're on the Dan Quinn conversation. He's now taking interviews with the Colts and with he's on second interview with the um, with the Cardinals. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. The first one was like a 10 minute or like one hour phone combo. So I don't know. I mean, that's I guess it is a second in- interview, but it was not very serious. And I don't think it came out until today uh, that he had met with the Cardinals before. OK, so so my question is, what, what do you think that means? The fact that he's now taking interviews outside of, of Denver, because last year it was pretty much Denver or I'm going back to to Dallas. I think he's very curious about maybe leaving Dallas. And I think there are some, there's some movement that Dallas could be unstable uh, with their current coaching staff uh, right now. So Deanna Rossini ESPN put out a tweet about uh, Sean Payton, not yet interviewing the Broncos, having interviewed now at the Cardinals saying that there's a, a, a secret team that's getting their ducks in a row uh, that might make a move at Sean Payton. If things fall the proper way, it screams Dallas. And also then mm-hmm. you had today, Jerry Jones and Steven Jones. Am I correct? Yep. Is that a something uh, yep. not taking their normal media uh, interviews, information, you know, public availability with uh, the general media. So that's something's going on uh, in Dallas. Sean Payton was an offensive coordinator there underneath Bill Parcells. Uh, Dallas is obviously a huge brand as well. I mean, I think there's smoke. I would yeah. I would say there's a fire there, but there's a hundred percent smoke there. Uh, so I don't know. I'd be fine. I think that that's a possibility for sure. Yeah. I, I think especially after this last game, the way it ended, you know, that horrible last play call, I mean, whether it was McCarthy or their offense coordinator, I'm not quite sure who made that decision, but not a great way to end the season. And on top of that, like I think the 49ers put out like a, a video saying we're America's team. I'm sure that didn't sit well with Jerry Jones either. And he, right. he is known for his wanting to take those big splashes. I, I, I love that we've seen sometimes in their draft rooms, his son has been the one that's had to say, dad, no, we're not doing that. We're not taking that player. I'm sorry. I know he's got all the headlines and he'd be a big name. No, we're not doing it. And yeah. so I think his son is about the only one that he's willing to say, oh, okay, I guess you're right. Yeah. Yeah, it's Stephen Jones has done a pretty good job there uh, overall with building. That Dallas has drafted pretty well. Obviously, they have a lot of money and whatnot, but we'll be interesting. I'd be fine. Again, coming back to it, I'd be fine with Dan Quinn. Uh, yeah. We got James Richard coming in saying, what about Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen? I think that barring another coach becoming available, that is a shock uh, that the Broncos candidates that they've interviewed so far are whoever the head coach is going to be, is going to be from that list. Now, I guess there's a possibility that uh, let's say we talk about Sean Payton in Dallas. If Mike McCarthy becomes available, I could see Denver being interested there given he'd be his third team. He had really, I mean, he'd been pretty damn good with green Bay and Dallas Mm -hmm. Uh, offensive mind uh, probably could bring in a good staff around him as well. That wouldn't be interesting. If for some reason, Mike McDaniel is let go. I think it probably would have already happened if that was the case, but maybe that's somebody you'd be interested in, but I think Shane Steichen's really good, really interesting. Don't think he's on his way to Denver, though. I think they would have interviewed him already. Yeah. I think the only way it really happens is, let's say, like I said, Peyton decides either go Dallas or back to, to Fox Sports. 
Dan Quinn decides, hey, I'm going to Arizona. And you have uh, D'Amico Ryans decides, I'm going to Houston. And so all of a sudden, like your maybe top three guys all of a sudden are, are gone. And maybe you're not liking Jim Caldwell or, yeah. or Shaw in that next spot. And then you're saying, okay, maybe we should open this up again and try to interview a couple of these other people that we'd really like. That's about the only way I see it happening is if their top guys get taken. I think they really do have a top three that they're looking at and are okay with those any of those top three. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you think they had a top, I guess everything's waiting for Sean Payton, but I'm yeah. curious if they do have a top three or if it's like a top four that they're trying to dwindle down. I I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Um, there hasn't been much, too much murmurs here on who could be that those uh, top three. It seemed like it was Sean Payton, but now, oh, he has an interview. He doesn't have an interview. Not sure what's going on there. Uh, yeah. Dan Quinn had seemed like the fallback option if they didn't get uh, Sean Payton, but now. I'm not sure what's going on there. And all of a sudden today, there's some real D'Amico Ryan's buzz coming from Tom Palisaro. So uh, I don't know, man. I think the expect the unexpected. And I think a lot of people with sources don't have sources to the Penners, to the Waltons, to Condoleezza Rice, et cetera. They have football uh, sources and connections. They're not exactly the ones that are going to make the final call here. So really just a really interesting, really exciting. So, We'll come back to the head coach stuff in a second. I wanted to get to you. So Saquon Barkley, again, the topic of the show. Plus, let me see. I still have it here. Plus 500 to the Broncos for t- if he goes to a team, not the Giants. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Broncos, be- hey, what do you think first about the Broncos being indicated as a potential landing spot? Well, I, I guess in some ways it- it's so hard to predict because we don't know who the head coach is. Yeah. Let's say it is Sean Payton. Well, he does like to have a running back that can do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we've seen some of his greatest success down there with the Saints when they've had, you know, uh, uh, Kamala or Kamara, sorry, <laughs> Kamara there at running back, uh, doing a lot, you know, great receiver, great running back. Um, they've had a lot of good receiving running backs mm-hmm. throughout their time. Saquon Barkley can be that kind of guy. You can get him out in space, let him catch a pass, let him go make a lot of plays for you. Yeah. And so, and, and I think the Broncos would like to make some big name signings as well. Just yeah. kind of keep their name out there and, and probably not going to be too many bigger than Saquon Barkley. So I get it from that kind of standpoint. But you and I have talked about it before of just how much the, the running back position is so devalued. You can find a lot of guys throughout the draft that can keep the position cheap. You can run them for four years. As, you know, and let the wheels kind of fall off and then not be that team that pays them moving forward. 
Yeah. A lot of great teams. That's what they've done. They just cycle through running backs and Barkley. I just have a hard time ever seeing him live up to the contract that he's wanting. It sounds like the, the giants gave offered him a $12 million a year contract. Now we don't know all the guarantees and, and how that was going to put, um, how that's going to be, but if he's one, yeah, if he's won $12 million a year, I'm out. Like I'm completely out at that point, like $6 million a year, $8 million a year. I could maybe talk myself into it because he is a player that can make something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's a lot of running backs. It really does depend on the offensive line more than what they can do. Saquon Barkley is one of those few guys. He can really turn a, a negative play into a really big positive play for you. So I'm willing to invest a little bit more in him. And again, those receiving abilities that he can bring to the table adds a little bit more value, obviously. Yeah. And getting back to Saquon here, but first Clayton here on saying want Sean Payton. Don't let him leave the building without being our coach. He's not in the building. Uh, he was supposed to fly out. Maybe first originally Jeff Duncan saying he'll fly out Wednesday and maybe do something Wednesday or Thursday in anticipation of a Denver interview. Well, that's been walked back some. So I don't know if you're going to even have him in the building to let him walk out, but uh, we'll see what happens. And you mentioned it. Uh, Ralph Vasciano on Fox Sports mentioned Barkley turned down a $12 million a year extension. You hit the nail on the head, though. $12 million a year means very little to me without knowing what the guarantees are. If it's $12 mm-hmm. million and only you have like $3 million guaranteed on there per, per year, of course I'm not taking that if I'm a running back. Now, if it's 12 and I'm getting $9 million guaranteed per year, Obviously, it's not a per year conversation with the guarantees, but because we don't know how long the contract was. But how it's structured is going to matter big, especially for a running back. If it's a contract where essentially all the guarantees are on like the first two years of a five year deal, I might be interested. I honest to God might be interested. I'm I get pretty scared about paying running backs. I think they're more value. It's like not to dehumanize running backs, but it's kind of like a, a new car. Once you drive mm-hmm. it off the lot, its value depreciates dramatically. Uh, yep. so. I, I'm much more of the opinion that you draft one in the second to third round every two to three years and just, you know, churn them out. Uh, <laughs> so that's one again, sorry, running back position. It's a cruel business. Go, go get your money while you can. I don't fault you one bit, uh, but Barkley is, I think a special talent. Um, I think he's probably the second best running back in football. In my opinion, the second most yeah. valuable running back in football only behind Christian McCaffrey. Uh, and he's, Super dynamic. I mean, what he did this year with the Giants, with the lack of pass catchers around him facing stacked boxes, was incredible. Uh, he, God, again, I'm also maybe a little biased because I really did love him at Penn State. But for a few, for a little bit of time, I'd be interested in him. if you could get him like that Melvin Gordon contract, where the, the first contract, not the third one, where you got him yeah. for like two years, even if the guarantees and the money's a little higher and it's short term in terms of the duration, I might be interested. I know that it's a a luxury pick to sign a running back, but we don't know about Javante Williams knee. He might be not even available next season for all we know. And yeah. also I really think you have to have a good running game for Russell Wilson to function. He's not drew Brees. He's not Peyton Manning. He's not Tom Brady. He's a drop back play action, vertical shot quarterback. Yeah. And in order to do that, you need to run the damn ball. So I, I, I'm interested. I think the market's not going to bear itself out where it makes sense for the Broncos. Right. And, and throw in, I mean, the injury history. I mean, we're, we're talking about the Broncos yeah. hoping that Javante can get healthy here sometime in the near future. And now you put a, a running back that you'd spend a bunch, bunch of money on that you're not even sure if he can make it a whole entire season because this last year was, I think, his first time mm-hmm. playing every game. And uh, and so that's definitely got to be a concern moving forward for the if you're going to invest that kind of money 
and a player like that. But we got James Richard coming in saying, if not Barkley, I feel like Kareem Hunt would fit good in Denver. I know the history, yet it seems he went all year without any trouble. Let's say you. This is a good take because this was another thing. I was getting a little long-winded. I want to get let you talk before then. But the other thing really hurting Barkley, in my opinion, with this uh, upcoming cycle and the reason I would not be looking to pay him big money if I was Denver is this is a phenomenal running back free agency class. So you can probably get somebody solid that, you know, again, give you that Melvin Gordon contract where it's two years guaranteed, which you can really protect yourself uh, if Javante Williams isn't healthy. I mean, he tore two ligaments in his knee. We, mm -hmm. It might be halfway through next season, and he might net it not even be 100% next season. Uh, so you probably do need a running back, but there's a lot of running back options in free agency. So Kareem Hunt is definitely an option. They'd have to put in the work on the, the background to make sure that, you know, there's not going to be any problems there, especially if it was a second time offender, that would be a, a big deal. Uh, but a lot of running back options, no doubt about that. And sorry, some folks in the chat don't like we're talking about it. There was a, again, sports uh, bet online, put it out there. The Broncos are one of the favorites for Barkley out there. Carlin, this is building the Broncos. We're here for yep. the philosophical team building <laughs> aspect of the conversation. Right. And uh, if you don't like it, do a donation in the chat like Jasmine here, and we'll go off a different way. Yeah. Um, Jasmine coming in 999 saying it would be nice to have some big time players on our team. All the great teams have at least two or three crucial offensive weapons. We only have one when Jerry Judy. Yeah, I think, I think if John Williams would have been healthy, you could probably list him as well, but I'll say it again. You, I'm not going to go into next season, depending on him because that's how crucial the run game is for this offense to function with Russell Wilson. They're yeah. going to have to make some sort of investment at the running back position. Oh, for sure. And Jasmine, you're right. Look at the, the final four teams. All of them have incredible weapons. I, I mean, I, one could argue the Chiefs maybe have the worst weapons of the final four. Yep. You got Travis Kelsey. I mean, he's a great weapon. They, they got some nice, I guess, secondary wide receivers. Mm -hmm. You'd maybe say they, they got a pretty dynamic running back that, that's played pretty darn good for a rookie running yep. back there for him. Um, but yeah, you look at the other three teams. Number one wide receivers, for sure. Great yep. tight end play. <laughs> Some pretty darn good running backs. All of that just in, in this picture for them. And it just adds to the picture of like last year at the draft. How many teams traded for top wide receivers were willing to give up a first round pick and a big contract just yep. to make sure that they had a good wide receiver in the room? I mean, I got pushback on this. I think you and I were having this conversation on Twitter months ago but as far as the third most valuable position in football right now i think it's wide receiver i really think you have to have those guys out there uh obviously offensive tackle it's a value versus it's value coming from output versus scarcity when it comes to wide receiver versus offensive tackles uh yeah. but i think wide receiver right now i'd put it at number three in the nfl behind pass rusher and uh, obviously obviously quarterback yeah uh but <laughs> i agree with you jasmine uh broncos need to get some more um solidify the weapons. I think given how the contracts are set up and how this class is set up as well, in terms of the draft, uh, I don't imagine the Broncos making a big expenditure at a wide receiver this cycle. Maybe you're looking to bring in a wide receiver for if KJ Hamler gets traded, uh, but I think you're going to have to depend on Sutton and Tim Patrick taking steps up, maybe another depth piece in there after that though. It's as far as the skill positions go, maybe a tight end to a classic Y tight end. That way you can use, Greg Dulcich more as a flex type, which he'd be much better at. I mean, don't ask that guy to be a lead blocker in any zone stretch scheme or anything like that. He needs to be detached from the line of scrimmage and moved around a little bit. And then it's running back. Uh, I love Javante Williams. I've said on this show multiple times, I think he was the biggest loss the Broncos had this season. 
in terms of injury because of what he does impacting the opposing defense's box count and playing two high safety versus single high safety, which opens up the pass game for Russell Wilson vertically down the field. I'm not depending on him next season. And you won't know by the time the off season comes and goes, it'll be August by the time we have an idea of what's going on with Javante Williams leg. By that point, it's too late to make an investment. Well, and and I'd say, just look at these last couple of games for the Broncos of Murray starts looking great out there. Like they get a run game going and teams start playing a lot more single high safety. And all of a sudden Russell Wilson starts looking a lot better because he's, that's what he loves to throw against. He can actually hit those outside deep passes. And earlier in the season, teams are kind of going, okay, Javante's gone. We're going to dare you to to pass with, with Russell Wilson deep. Good luck with that. We're going to play two high, four high safety, whatever you want to look at here. And you're not going to be able to do it. And when you're taking away Russell Wilson's favorite thing to do, and then you're sending other guys coming in on waves of, of blitzes and he's got to make quick decisions. He's not great at that. And so, like I said, that's why you need that strong run game because yep. you just got to be able to set up Russell Wilson's strengths. And yep. right now the Broncos just don't have that. So yeah, I'm worth, I'm, I'm willing to put in an investment into the running back position, either through free agency or even high draft pick. I mean, we've talked about it of uh John Robinson from, um, from Texas. In the first, if he's there in the late first, some it kind of be it would be tough to pass him up. You have to have a conversation. Yeah, yep. And uh, I think I said it before. I would when the draft was going around the Broncos, two thousand. God, we were in these classes together. These were some of our early shows when we were just podcast, not live streaming. But uh, we had you know Christian McCaffrey in the top ten of our big boards. Mm-hmm. We're not trading up from twenty to the top ten to take a running back. No, 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 no. Not happening. Yeah. In hindsight, he probably would have been worth it, but the th- there's no certainty of that at the time. Um, yeah. Saquon Barkley. We liked Saquon Barkley a lot. Broncos at the fifth pick. I'm saying not in the top five, yeah. not in the top ten. If he's if we trade back and he's there at 15, sure, that makes sense. I think B. John Robinson is a top 15 in those classes kind of guy, but with how the market has changed for running backs, he's going to get pushed down some, probably. Yeah. Uh, I would. It seems like that's the case. We'll see. Uh, but if he's there, you're picking 29, 30, 31. The one thing that I'm against on this, though, is that it's pretty much tearing up the advantage that is the fifth-year option. The tag is less than the fifth-year option. I, mean, I think I think that's the case still for picks that late. I know it, the fifth-year option changes the further you go down the first uh, the first round pick, but uh, you're essentially tearing up the fifth-year option in that case. That's my biggest holdback on that, but he's a special talent. Uh, and he's probably one of the three best players in this draft. He just plays the running back position. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so, real quick, William says 32. I don't know how they're going to do it when it comes to it, but there's only going to be 31 players picked in the first round this year because Miami's forfeited their first round pick tampering with Sean Payton. So maybe it'll be pick 32, but they'll be like Miami forfeited written next to it. So that's why I said 29, 30, 31. Tom Brady, right? Oh, Tom Brady. I thought maybe it was Sean Payton. Yeah, I think you're Tom Brady. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Excuse me. Yeah. So, uh, yes. Um, all that said, Carl, I'll give you the floor here. We're talking a lot about running back here. We got a lot of offseason talk about that. Running back's not near number one or number two or number three on my list as far as uh, positions the Broncos need to add this offseason. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm looking at the edge position is questionable. Yeah, I'm not sure who's going to be healthy, how long they can be healthy. Even defensive line, 
I mean, Too is Draymond me. Jones coming coming back? I, am. I don't know. I hope he is, but if he got if he, if he's gone, that is a huge hole that you have to fill within this defense. And offensive tackle, obviously, going to be a big one. Offensive guard, center, all th- those five positions, I would definitely say are probably ahead of running back for me at this point. That I think you can go out there, spend some decent money, get yourself a, a pretty good player, even a high draft. You know that first round pick. I wouldn't mind them going that direction. Uh, and if it's not Bijan there at, at 31 or whatever we're going to be at, um, then I wouldn't mind a wide receiver. Even I know there's not many great wide receivers in this draft. It, it's it's a it's not the best wide receiver class by by a long shot. There's some depth to it, but there, there's not really a top end guy that you're looking at going. This is this is that you know that chase that's going to be a top five pick that you just can't miss on him. There, there's not that guy in this class. Yeah, it's will be interesting to see. And you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I could just go really simple here. Running back, they're going to have to invest in somebody. Now, the extent of they're going to have to invest in one is going to depend on the information they have in Javante Williams at the knee at the time, what scheme they're going to be running. And how everything else sits up. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't mind bringing back Latavius Murray for veteran minimum, but he's somebody who's probably gonna have to scrape for a roster spot uh, at this point. Also, if you use the running back three, it's gonna have to play special team snaps. Typically, you don't see guys that old playing special team snaps, but offensive line, defensive line across the board, pretty much every single spot besides right guard and one tech with DJ Jones, wherever he ends up lining up, you need to invest in those units uh, along yeah. the trenches. But Jasmine here, she's, Trenches are important, and Scott and I absolutely love the trenches. I know you and I love the trenches too, Carl. Right. But um, coming here, this is a good point, and I want to even pivot on this one. Uh, Jasmine, 999, saying 49ers are a great example of scary offensive weaponry. Sutton just hasn't stepped up. KJ's always hurt. Williams may not come back as explosive. We need weapons. Broncos need help in the offense where they can get it. I think they can't be picky, <laughs> really, on that one. You just look to improve. Um, maybe wide receiver is one that you punt this season, especially with how the contract's set up with Sutton and Tim Patrick, pretty easy to move on from after 2023 versus moving on from them. Now, if you love a guy though, go get him, especially at wide receiver. Uh, not only the 49 is a great example of scary offensive weapons, but the Bengals as well, obviously. But the, I mean, Joe Mixon's a really talented running back. Jamar chase is one of the top five wide receivers in football. Maybe he would have had an argument for number one. If you didn't get hurt this season, T Higgins is as good as a number two wide receiver. You'll see in the league. Hey, Hayden Hurst, former first round pick at tight end there. Uh, Tyler Boyd has a big contract for being a slot wide receiver as well. These two teams, the 49ers and the Bengals on paper, their offensive lines are not great. They, I mean, Trent Williams is a God. Don't get me wrong, but uh, (laughs) the Bengals played three backup offensive linemen and beat the absolute tar out of the bills. Uh, 49ers um, don't have an incredible offensive line at all. I mean, Mike McGlinchey, we saw the Michael Parsons where he got sent into the shadow realm against Michael, uh, Micah Parsons. Why? Why are these offensive lines so good at that? Well, hey, you're running the football, but also teams are having to empty the box, play two high safety shells, and it's then when these teams run the football or design plays in space to get these guys in the short quick game, there's there's not bodies there because there's yeah. so much respect played for the the weapons on the outside. So right. and then you have a team like the Eagles that have amazing weapons and offensive line and just destroy everybody, but uh Right. Definitely. Um, there is something to be said about having overwhelming weapons uh, as well. That helps the offensive line. Yeah. I, I just wish it was a better year for the Broncos to go get that kind of talent, you know, yeah. free agency again, because of the value of wide receivers right now, not a lot of great wide receivers are hitting the market. No. And the ones that are, 
it's like the the Christian Kirk where you're having to pay number one wide receiver kind of money to go get a guy like that. Now for speed too. There's there's a premium on speed. Yeah. There's like a luxury tax on speed guys, but continue. Yeah. Yeah. But like the free agent names that are gonna hit the market at the wide receiver position, like Juju Smith Schuster, decent wide receiver, but yeah. not not a true number one. Jacoby Myers, mm-hmm. I think he's an underrated player. He's I don't solid. think he's he yeah, he's he's a very solid player. Not a guy that you're looking at and saying, man, this guy takes us over the top. Yeah. And like I said, the draft, there, there's some wide receivers I really like. And I think there are some very dynamic guys. Hyatt from uh, from Tennessee. Tennessee, yeah. Sorry, I was about to say Clemson. Same color. Orange. Not, yeah. yeah, orange. There we go. But, you know, you add that kind of talent that can really take over the top. I mean, that, that's what we kind of hoped KJ Hamler would be for the Broncos if he could stay healthy. Adding that kind of guy that can really open up the underneath for all the other wide receivers doing their work, Jerry, Judy. Maybe that's what you do. You, you try to find that big time speed guys the teams really have to respect. Maybe he's not the the true number one, but again, you at least have to respect it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that you do have your third down beat man coverage guy in Jerry Judy. We saw that uh, here. You know, you can scheme him up, and he's going to win his man coverage matchup, which is great on third down. Do the Broncos have a ball winner though? Somebody they can just toss it up to. Uh, in theory, you'd hope it'd be Cortland Sutton. He did not play mm-hmm. that way this season. Uh, really no. just a disappointing season. He looked on fire the first three weeks of the season, and he did a really good job at drawing offensive pass inter- or excuse me, defensive pass interference. But uh, Broncos right now, they don't really have an X ball winner type. They got that route runner who can get separation and get open anytime, but they need somebody with some above the rim ability. Maybe that's Tim Patrick. Maybe Cortland Sutton has a bounce back next season, but they definitely should look uh, to bring in some more uh, talent there. No doubt long-term but it's more of a long-term conversation. So probably should pivot off that again and come back to the, uh, the head coaching search here for the Broncos. It's nice to take a break um, from talking about this constantly. And today seemed to be a little bit of a, a downer day. So we kind of recap again. Sounds like the Broncos are fading out of being the favorite for Sean Payton. It sounds like this time goes on. It's more likely Sean Payton's going to return to Fox than go to any team at all with the Cowboys being a dark horse here, a team that we've mentioned before is maybe look out for because you don't know what's going to happen with Jerry Jones. Uh, but now Broncos are sitting here with multiple head coaches they've interviewed, but nobody lined up yet uh, for that second interview officially. What do you think about that? Or is there, do you have any concerns about that? What are the tea leaves telling you right now that we've had no information and also reports that the Broncos are okay slow playing uh, this head coaching search? It just, it seems so crazy like I said, just the change from day to day, like when the the Hold Broncos, <laughs> yeah, when they were doing their final interviews and questions and everything else. I mean, you heard Penner talk about, you know, I'm impatient. And I kind of thought when we first kicked this all off, like it seemed like, yeah, he's impatient. He wants to get his guy. They want to get him in here as soon as possible. I, some people I talked to talked about where it'd be pretty much yesterday or today was kind of that deadline of where they really wanted to have this done so they can get their coaching staff in place, get them ready to head down to the Shrine Bowl, Senior Bowl, all those kind of things. And now it's kind of flipped to the other way of, no, we'll see. We'll we'll wait and see how this kind of plays out. And unfortunately, I think part of it is just the coaches that they wanted to bring in. I mean, Sean Payton, he's kind of that first domino that's got to fall. What's going to happen there? A lot of teams were kind of waiting to see where we're going to transition once – that once he goes somewhere, if he comes to us, that's great. Now we can go figure this out. 
we go somewhere else, now we got to start going down our list of, of where we're going to go with this. And uh, so, and then I, I do think some of it is a lot of the top candidates are still in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. we talked about Steichen earlier. I mean, there's a lot of teams that are interested in him. Of course, D'Amico Ryans, he's got a couple teams that are really big on wanting to get him in the building. So it, it's just kind of tough to see how quickly things are going to go with, with teams. Yeah. And as far as the head coaching candidates that are still in the playoffs, you have, I don't think Brian Callahan is in the circle at all. I'd love to see Brian Callahan go somewhere and cut his teeth as the play caller. Right now he's working underneath Zach uh, Taylor in Cincinnati. Uh, but he was the, he was with the Broncos for a number of years. I think carry over from John Fox to uh, Gary Kubiak uh, there. So somebody to watch for in the future, maybe done a good job with Cincinnati, but not the play caller. So I'm a little bit skeptical or trepidatious with that. Um, so he's not one to think of, but Josh Gannon, uh, he's one of the favorites mm-hmm. for that Houston gig. Uh, he's a, I know the Broncos were quite high on him last head coaching cycle as well. I don't think he got a final interview, but he was definitely one that, Oh, watch out for this guy. He's been with Minnesota for a bit. And then Philly and Philly's done a great job. I mean, Scott likes to say this and he says it like he's going to, you know, run out of breath, but 70 sacks this year for the Eagles, uh, pretty damn incredible for that team. Now part of that's complimentary football. Part mm-hmm. of it's the depth, but that 70 sacks for a team that doesn't really blitz. Also, yeah. I mean, that's coming from your front four. That's pretty phenomenal. So Josh Gannon, obviously we mentioned uh, Shane Steichen here as a candidate as well. And then D'Amico Ryans, of course. So those are the names keeping out for. I know the Colts have interviewed. I think, uh, did you interview with the Colts yet, Carl? Did you get that email? <laughs> yeah, um, pretty close. I, yeah. What was it, 13? I think they interviewed for their job. I I don't know how you could keep all that information together, um, but uh, good for them, I guess. And good for us. James Richard coming back in with his third or fourth super today saying uh, Sterling Shepard, Eric Fisher, Kareem Hunt, Javon Hargrave. Interesting list here. Uh, Sterling Shepard, a coming from New York. I believe he was more of a slot uh, player there. Had signed a decent second contract and then dealt with some injuries and hasn't played as much since then, but definitely one to watch for. Eric Fisher definitely has had some injuries there. More of a pure left tackle. I don't think he's played right tackle. Cream Hunt, you, you have my attention there. Be with the background information. And then uh, then you also have Javon Hargrave coming in here. So maybe it would definitely be interesting uh, to see what happens here with uh, James Rich or with uh, with these names here. But I don't want to say any names that I'm interested in right now because last time I did that, I said Jack Conklin and Elton Jenkins. And then they both signed contracts within like 10 minutes of each other. So uh, no <laughs> names are coming for me until we are right in, right in the middle of free agency or right at the doorstep of free agency. Okay. Well, I was going to throw out a few names to you, though. You, you can do that. I'm afraid that if I say anything, they're going to get signed. All right. So a few of the offensive tackles that would be hitting the market. McGlinchey. Um, I'm trying to remember who some of the other ones are here real quick. Caleb McGarry, maybe. Uh, you also have – those are <laughs> the big ones there. Uh, Orlando Brown. Jawan Taylor, yes, that's another big right tackle that I think is more likely at the market than the other two we said before. Uh, Orlando Brown Jr., also another name, but I imagine the Chiefs get it done. But uh, we'll see. I think the Broncos, they're going to need to pay into your offensive line, I think. Scott and I might disagree on this one some, but just for the immediate uh, payoff of those positions. And you can probably pay less money to get a guarantee there uh, than at offensive tackle, if that makes sense. So just it's the value of the position. Jasmine 999 saying football should not be this stressful. Oh, Jasmine, my sweet summer child. It's so stressful, <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, it really is. Uh, I hope all the pieces fall into place with Sean Payton. We could use some good news. You guys definitely make things more bearable. Thanks for all you do. Well, thank you, Jasmine, for yeah. supporting us. You make it 
bearable and fans not being, you know, at each other's throats and uh, attacking each other for having different opinions on takes uh, makes it bearable as well. You guys are, you guys do a good job of not being toxic, uh, which I really, really appreciate. Yeah, for sure. And Jasmine, thank you for all your supers here tonight and, and everybody else that's been part of this. Uh, it's just been a, been a great night talking football and as stressful as this been, like I said, it's been a roller coaster. I have people messaging me left and right of, and you have two of just, how did you hear this news? And then five minutes later, somebody else is reporting the exact opposite. And honestly, it's kind of been a little bit fun. If you look at it that way of like in the past, it's been very, a lot of things have gotten kind of leaked about where things are going. And like I said, with Penner being there, I don't think he has a whole lot of connections or people that have really built that relationship that he can message and say, Hey, I'm willing to have you put this information out there. And so there's more of, of a guessing game going on of, of how, what the Broncos are thinking and where they're going with this. And so, yeah, everybody's reading every little thing. You know, I remember Sean Payton on his broadcast was wearing orange shoes and a blue tie and everybody was reading into that. And the, the blue was closer to Carolina. So everybody in Carolina was talking about it of, Oh, yep. The tie says it all. So like I said, it's just been, if you view it as it can be fun going through this whole process it makes it a little less stressful, but it is at times yeah. tough because you would like to know. I, I I don't like living in the unknown and it'd be nice to start seeing what kind of staff they're going to be bringing in and kind of, to me, that's always the bigger deal. Oh yeah. I, mean, I, I didn't mind the hack at hiring. I minded a lot more of the staff that he brought in. Is your ever look great, obviously. Yeah. And I keep forgetting about him being interviewed as well. It doesn't seem like they will go that direction, but he's an ascending candidate. I think he's probably a, a year off. I think defensive coordinators have to prove it a year more than offensive guys, given the yeah. demand. Like you have to do it twice, which is why D'Amico Ryan's wasn't hired last time. Might be getting hired this time. Uh, Michael Ronquillo saying great show tonight. Nick and Carl on building the Broncos go Broncos. Uh, thank you so much, Michael. We appreciate you. Uh, good evening. Good morning, wherever, whatever time it is there, Michael, we appreciate you coming in here. And yeah, I mean, God, Carl, you, we predicted last week. We might hear about who the head coach is at this point a week ago, but I'm just wanting to get the final list of interviews here. Who, who is it? Who can I focus in on? Who can I dig in on even more? Uh, enough of this wishy-washy. I just wish we'd get some information here. It does make me a little bit nervous that the Broncos are not dictating the interviews right now. It seems. And also there's apparently um, a video that just came out. Somebody just posted it on here. I think it maybe was. Okay. Well, gosh, now I'm not going to be able to find it, but apparently uh, Rob, Wal a big reason for the delays right now. Here we go, Dylan. Uh, big reason for the delay right now with the Broncos is, uh, according to Duncan, who did an interview saying that uh, Rob Walton is on a hunting trip. So the Broncos couldn't do interviews right now. It's not a great look, um, if that's the case. I'll, I'll have to listen to that and see what there is uh, to hear about that. But uh, if the reason they're holding up on the interviews while these other teams are you know, getting work done is that uh, your owner that's going to be there is on a hunting trip, that uh, that kind of sucks. Um, mm -hmm. and everybody deserves a vacation, but, uh, God, that's not great. Right. I'm, I'm kind of thinking, especially this is going to be your first big hire. This is your first really, really big decision. Well, I guess Russell Wilson contract was their first really big decision, but of the direction that this team's going to go. Yeah. You'd think, Hey, we can delay this week. Now, maybe I know just cause I'm a hunter, there are seasons so maybe the mm -hmm. season was kind of running out. I, I do know like deer season's getting ready to end here pretty soon. So maybe that was part of it that he's like, I, oh, this is my last weekend to get out there and, and get my deer or whatever. I don't know. But um, 
but still, yeah, it's not the greatest look. And to like the coaching people that are that you're interviewing, yeah, kind of shows, hey, you're not that big of a priority to me. Like I've got these other things that I want to be a part of, and you kind of like to have your owner, hey, this is a this is my baby. Gross. And maybe got spoiled by Pat Boland because that was his, like it was another child of his, having the Denver Broncos. Ah, oh, gross, gross. Well, I don't even know. Um, James Richard coming in saying Brian Callahan, Brian's up, uh, Bengals offense coordinator. Talked about him earlier. He was an offensive quality coach and assistant uh, coach for the Broncos for a number of years in the Peyton Manning uh, seasons. He's doing a great job in Cincinnati, but he's not the play caller. I would love to see him get a lateral move um, to an offensive coordinator underneath a defensive minded head coach and let him be the assistant head coach with offensive play calling on that side of the ball. Um, but we'll see what happens. I don't, I think that's considered a lateral move still, even though you'd have more responsibilities, probably be better for his career long-term if he's trying to make that head coach jump, but uh, count me out on coordinators that do not have play calling experience, jumping to head coach and then calling the plays because too much to handle, as we saw this year um, from uh, Nathaniel Hackett. So let me ask you this, because I, I know this is something that the 49ers do a lot of. They give the title of assistant head coach to a bunch of people on their staff, which pretty much makes it very difficult because everything is considered a lateral move at that point. How do you feel about teams kind of doing that to protect their coaching staff? bullshit i mean it's, it's bullshit that's so there should be an obvious hierarchy of that and there should be only a certain amount of tags uh that you can put on somebody um with that level of power so if you're saying oh <laughs> scott's killing me sorry <laughs> scott has his cat ninja in the background here um but uh i think that's bs i don't think you should be able to do that yeah i'm with you you know i i would never want to stand in the way of somebody else moving up in their life and getting their yeah. opportunities. And I, I get it. Like from a team perspective, like you want the best people on your staff and you hate to lose them, but it's just kind of part of the game. Like it's just part of this whole process. And I, I get frustrated when I hear of teams blocking these kind of things and, and the Broncos have done it in the past. So they're not immune from this criticism by any means, but it just, I, I think of there's a lot of guys on that 49er staff. Let's say you hired D'Amico Ryan's that you could bring in, but they have that assistant head coach title. So you can't just like, you have to actually request, Hey, would you be willing to let this person come to the Denver Broncos? And they can say, no, I mean, the, the 49ers did that to the Broncos. Was it uh, the Vance Joseph staff? Yep. The, though the Fort, the, yeah, they've denied Mike McDaniel uh, coming yep. over. They asked if they could bring him. It wasn't Vance Joseph. It was Vic Fangio's first That's year. Right. Cause it was uh, the Broncos like, Hey, we'd really like that Mike McDaniel guy. Nope. We have this guy though. Rich Scangarello, man, he is coming up. He's great. <laughs> fired in one year and also uh, fired in one year with Kentucky as well. And Will Levis pretty much just said like pooped on him uh, out the way out the door. did not do very mm -hmm. well. We'll see what happens with Rich Scangarello going forward, but he'll always have those five games to close out the uh, 2019 season when Drew Locke was on his way to the hall of fame. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, no, that's uh, that was one. Also, I know the Bengals blocked the Broncos um, giving Vance Joseph a so the Broncos and I guess this worked out and benefit for everybody. Uh, but the Broncos tried to bring in Vance Joseph uh, to be the defensive coordinator. He was the defensive coordinator, uh, defensive backs coach in Cincinnati. They wanted to bring him in to be the defensive coordinator underneath Gary Kubiak. 
Bengals said no. Broncos said, ah, I guess we'll bring in Wade Phillips instead. And uh, that worked out pretty damn well yeah. in uh, 2015. Um, but uh, <laughs> we got Brazzer coming in here saying Barkley to Broncos. There's a betting site that has the Broncos potentially up there. I don't, Carl and I talked about it. You can go back a little bit uh, to get into it. Don't think it's happening. I think he's going to be back with the Giants, but we'll see. Uh, he's a very talented running back and he should try to get every single penny he can because this is probably his last big shot for money um, in terms of NFL. James Richard, $10 saying very few head coaches can play coach and call plays. I don't think we can hold ourselves to that. We might have a, to bring one in who we can put in an administration around him. That was a big deal with Hackett, but one of the reasons you brought in Hackett was because you wanted him to bring in the offense with him. So I don't think Dan Quinn also called the defensive plays uh, for most of his time in Atlanta as well. So it's not unheard of in today's uh, NFL. So it's a lot of big time coaches. I mean, Andy Reid does a lot of the play calling or he's very, very involved in the offense. I mean, I, I do know the enemy does some of it but it yeah. sounds like Andy Reid has that ability to take over whenever he wants. Bill Belichick does a lot. I mean, he's very involved in, in everything that happens with that team. Of course, Kyle Shanahan calling for the 49ers. Um, you know, Mike McDaniel down there with the, the Dolphins. A lot of these guys, it is. It's tough to give up what you know, what yeah. you've been good at, what's gotten you to this kind of position. And you just – like you said here, you, you got to do a great job of surrounding yourself with the people that can help you take take some things off your plate so that you can do some of that play calling and still be able to handle the head coach position. And, you know, I, I wish the Broncos would have brought in some of the people that they did later in the year um, that could have maybe helped hack it earlier on. And, you know, Jerry Rosberg being the great example of they, they brought him in and some things started improving. You know, they're getting play calls in a lot quicker. They're making quicker decisions when it came to mm-hmm. where, what kind of play they need to call, what, what they need to do on a fourth down, those kind of things. Um, and so, yeah, you, you hope that if it is, especially if it is D'Amico Ryans, you sit there and say, hey, we learned from this this last year. Please take notice of this. And, and maybe it is bring back Jerry Rosberg. I wouldn't mind that one bit. I would love to have him here in Denver. I think a lot of players really liked him. And uh, I think he, at least just the the fire he had at the end of the year, I think he missed football. Yeah. So I think he wouldn't mind coming back in some, some fashion. All right. Well, we're at 58 minutes, Carl. This is our last show before the conference uh, championship games. I got to get your picks. Uh, I think the first game is the 49. Who cares? NFC first. Let's go 49ers okay. at Eagles. Who do we got? I will go the Eagles. Okay. And in big part, just their offense is a lot, is more complete in the sense of just having that offensive line that just dominates. I mean, it's, it's impressive for them to have the number I'd say top three offensive line, top three set of skill position players and a quarterback that at least he he does pretty good. I'm not going to say that he's a top 10 quarterback right now. Well, I, I don't know. It's so hard. Because how do you separate him from all the good that's around him? That's but he's I'm glad we don't have to debate that. I know, yeah, I, I know that they're debating that a lot there in Philly of should they be paying him moving forward. But I, I do like Hertz. I mean, he his ability to take off running, use his feet if he needs to. He's a pretty smart guy, uh, hardworking guy, everything you'd really want in a quarterback. Other than just doesn't have quite all of the talent, but he's got most of the pieces that you really like. Yeah, uh, and then that defense. 
I, I think they're an outstanding defense right now. Just they're, they're playing some of the best football around. Like I said, 70 sacks on the season. And yeah. they don't have to bring pressure. Like that gives you so they many bring, options. They bring pressure. It's they just do. Not by bringing extra bodies. Yeah. Right. Okay. There you go. Sorry. Yeah. Um, they, when you can do that, like yeah. I said, with four guys, it just gives you so many options on that back end of how you're going to play teams. And the, the 49ers, I think they're a great team, but Purdy has me nervous. I know he's been doing a great job. Don't get me wrong. But th- there's still some things that he's still got to prove out there. And, and maybe this is one of those games where you just, okay, yep, he's arrived. Yep, he's that next great quarterback for the 49ers and is that perfect fit with Shanahan. And I hate that, that he's one of those guys – and it kind of shows maybe they did waste three first round picks where he can make about any quarterback work within that system. Just seems that way. Um, but in the AFC side of things, I'll go the Bengals. I don't know. Joe Burrow, that guy, he just, he, in the biggest games, I don't think there's anybody bigger than him right now. Yeah. That guy just finds a way to, to make plays. I kind of thought this last game, cause we've, we talked about the small hands and it's a snow game. No, didn't bother him one bit. He's gone against the Chiefs in Arrowhead before. Doesn't bother him one bit. I think he's 5-0 and against um, Josh Allen, Mahomes, and Tom Brady. I think he's 5-0 and right now in his career. Just kind of shows, again, this guy shows up in the big games. So I, I, I have them beating the Chiefs again. So right now Vegas has the Bengals favored by two. Uh, and they have the Eagles favored by two and a half. I think Vegas very much thinks that Patrick Mahomes with a bum ankle uh, is going to be hard, but uh, yep. we'll see what happens. I love this one. They'll be calling Chief Stadium Burrowhead. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm into it. That's great. Uh, but all right, guys, well, we talked a little bit about this Barkley rumor. Oh, we got one more coming in from James Richards saying, uh, do you think Peyton Manning would be up for offensive coordinator? Caught your podcast midway. Sorry if someone else asked. I'm being serious. Don't think he's interested at all. Uh to be the offensive coordinator. I think he'd be more interested in being a general manager or a football president side of things. I mean, they've been talking about the Mannings trying to get money together to be a part of an investment, uh, to buy a football team, uh, to be a part of the ownership group of the NFL. Don't think coaching's in his future. I think it's much more of the administrative ownership football operations side of things. Yeah. If you want to pass Denver Broncos quarterback as OC, Brian Greasy might be that guy. He's Mm -hmm. On the 49ers staff, again, if this is D'Amico Ryans, that might be a guy. He's only had one year of coaching, so I, I yeah, probably that's... wouldn't go. I wouldn't go that direction personally. No. But yeah. but I do like Brian Greasy, and I think I think he's a smart guy. I, I think he could put something together. But like I said, I want a little more seasoning in my offensive coordinator before I bring him in. 100%. Well, guys, we're going to get out of here. Talked about Barkley. Probably not coming to Denver, but interesting to see them being listed as one of the favors, uh, favorites. I think Vegas believes that the Broncos are looking to probably add to that running back room, which is concerning because that makes me think that Javante Williams might not be close to 100% come the beginning of the regular season. That's just a projection right now, but I'd be worried about that. Uh, is Barkley going to be a free agent? Yeah, Barkley is a free agent at the end of the year. We'll, we'll see. I think there's a really good chance that the Giants tag him. Uh, the tag on the running backs is cheaper than the fifth year option. So I think that's certainly possible. Uh, we also talked about the Broncos head coaching search. Seems like the Sean Payton shine to Denver is starting to wear off a little bit uh, for the, that coming to fruition, but some other guys uh, potentially in there, Dan Quinn interview with the Cardinals. Maybe that's shaking up. And now D'Amico Ryan's all of a sudden uh, being thrown in there. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, 
any final any final thoughts, Carl, before I wrap it on up here and uh, get the uh, the ending uh, to the show? <laughs> no, it just I'm hoping again by next week Tuesday maybe we'll have definitely a, we should have at least have a clearer picture. You know, yeah. most teams are. I think last year at least half the teams had their their head coach picked before February, mm-hmm. and then the others had it within the first like three or four days of February. So, like I said, we're we're coming to the end of this. I, I know it's hard to be patient, but uh, I'm hoping that the Broncos can really figure this out, get a good guy in there. And nice thing is they can also pay for a really nice staff as well. Yeah. And so it, it, it's not just about the head coach. Be paying attention to who all those coordinators and positional coaches are that come into the to the Broncos as well. 100%. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming in and joining us today uh, on Building the Broncos every Tuesday night on Mile High Huddle. You can find Carl on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Dumbler MHH, and I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at BFB underscore pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join our Facebook communities at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle. See a lot of viewers in here. Please click the thumbs up on the way out if you feel like we've earned it. Uh, a lot of people contributing to the show. We always appreciate that. Uh, first and foremost, the support, man, it's mind boggling, uh, but something that's completely free. Clicking the thumbs up, clicking the heart react, clicking the wow, react, wow, wow, react. Bleh. Ten, I can say that 10 times fast on the way out does us a heck of a lot of good as well. And it's completely free. It takes two seconds, but only if you feel like we've earned it. Uh, also, as the ticker says underneath there, if you're joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe, like, and share on your socials. Uh, like the channel on YouTube, click that bell. So that way, you know, when we go live, we'd appreciate the heck out of it. Andrew Lampy, Michael Ronquillo, Clayton here on Michaela Parker, Mac dog, James, Richard, Jasmine, all you folks, absolutely killing it today, supporting us on the show with superstars and super stickers. We really greatly appreciate you guys. Uh, wouldn't be doing the show without you guys, of course, supporting the show. So thank you so much. Um, no other thoughts here right now. I'll find out what happens tomorrow. One more day. Maybe, heck, maybe Jim Harbaugh is going to be back in the fold. Who knows? I saw Brandon Cristal mentioned that on Twitter saying, hey, Jim Harbaugh maybe could come back. He hasn't signed a new contract with Michigan yet. Who knows? Expect the unexpected. Never a dull day in Broncos country. We appreciate the heck out of you guys. Like I said, have a great one. Continue to choose kindness and compassion. Go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.